Welcome to the yet-to-be-named podcast on the Mailbag Network, powered by Punning Form, made possible by Betfair. And if you're listening, please enjoy a mountain goat lager. This episode is all about the U.S. Masters from Augusta National. We've got a professional golf punter on, Adam Fraser, joined by Pete Jones from betfair.com.au. Please enjoy. This is the ball of Tiger Woods. Burn, this is extremely difficult. This is one of the toughest pitches on the entire place here. He's almost got to put it up to where you saw Trevor Immelman's ball come from to get it close. Well, I am reminded of Davis Love here four or five years ago when he pitched in. Yeah, he's a little bit further up, I think, than mm-hmm. Davis was. Yes, he is. Well, here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Have you seen anything like that? He shoots, he scores! Oh, man, that was so much easier than putting. I should just try to get the ball in one shot every time. Pack it up, pack it in, let me begin. G'day, welcome to a uh, special little podcast where we're going to preview the US Masters. Um, the focus of the podcast in the betting sense is going to be sort of trading and getting in and out throughout the four days of the uh, event. For that, for help with the sort of trading and betfair side, we've got Pete Jones with us. Peter, thank you for joining G'day, us. Guys. Thanks for having me. And for uh, for the for the grouse for the info <laughs> for the inside mail from the the man Adam Fraser. Thank you for joining us. How no worries, Diego. Good to be here, mate. You excited? Very excited. It's Masters Week. It's Masters Week <laughs> in your life. <laughs> now, for a little bit of background for everyone, tell us a little bit where you're from. I'm from Ke- the country, Kara? mate. I'm from Corowa, no, Corowa, Corowa, just up on the Murray River near Albury. Grew up there. Um, lived there until I was about 17. When did you start golfing? Oh, young, uh, 9, 10, sort of didn't get real serious and sort of late, until late teens and got a job at the golf club, did an apprenticeship to become a pro, then moved to Melbourne and travelled overseas and played overseas. In what tours? A uh, member of the Asian Tour and European Tour. And then when I stopped playing um, in 2006, uh, I was a member, full member of the Challenge Tour and fully exempt on the Asian Tour. So I gave up that card to uh, come back and have kids and family commitments and stuff. So then I started teaching. And then um, about four years ago, I got in touch with an old mate of mine um, who's a very successful greyhound punter. And I thought that I could possibly make money off golf. Um, and he got me sort of pointed in the right direction with a few things on how to sort of bet properly, bet each way, um, back and save, and and just um, you know how to get disciplined with it, and and because I mean I've, I felt like I had all the knowledge in the world, but I had no idea how to bet. So, and then from there it sort of expanded sort of from golf and a lot more these days into in play horse racing. Yeah, so. Is your brother Marcus younger, or older? Eighteen months younger. When did he start to? Like hit him further than you, and he's never hit it further. <laughs> <laughs> he's a big softy. No, he doesn't hit it very far at all, Marcus. But he's deadly from inside a hundred. So, 
his short game and putting when he's on is just phenomenal. It's hard, it's hard to take how much, off him. How much credit can you take from his Oh, success? I take a lot of credit because, you know, like... He's my younger brother. Yeah, I, I just sort of... Yeah, yeah well, I've, I've really taken him under my wing his whole life, really, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, he's got a very good coach in Dennis McDade. He's had him a long time. Um, we grew up with a really good coach in, on the Murray River, uh, John Rogers, that has produced a lot of successful um, juniors. Zach Murray, who just won the New Zealand Open. Um, so he just keeps churning good players out time and time again. So, so should I have potentially moved to you him? should You should go to the Murray and you should see John because uh, I'm getting out of teaching as of the 1st of May. <laughs> no, you're still going to make time for me. Now, <laughs> what's the most expensive putt you've ever had? Uh, that would have to be European Tour in Indonesian Open in 2005, I think it was. Yeah. $65,000 US putt on the last, I think it was, the check. And, um, had to you, you birdied the 17th, and you? you had to put yourself sort of... I was... Um, there, yeah, there was someone that was really disappointed that week, and that was Monty, Colin Montgomery. He had to finish top three to get in the US Masters, and I came to the 17th, and I think I was behind Monty at that point. I was about fourth on the leaderboard. And then uh, managed to have a hole in one on the second last, which was a par three, won a car. <laughs> and then uh, birdied the last. So then when I walked into the locker room, he was quite filthy at me. So <laughs> <laughs> slamming locker room doors. And do you realise what you've just done? And now, I, was, <laughs> <laughs> I was speaking to Marcus. And he, yeah, but, he, he said to ask you about hole in one in Thailand. Uh, Indonesia. That was Indonesia. Golf related? Oh, maybe there was a hole in one time. <laughs> oh, <with a> <laughs> oh my god! In my single days. <laughs> so hole in one in, in Indonesia. Um, yeah, I think he was talking about Indonesia. That was it. So that was on the seventeenth hole. So that was on the seventeenth oh. hole of the tournament, day four. Tournament's about to end. I'm coming to the seventeenth. I think I'm in about fourth position, and then I've had a hole in one to leap to tie Monty, and then I birdied the last to knock Monty out of the Masters. So. <laughs> Couldn't happen to a nicer bloke. <laughs> now, just, just, to, uh, just on a personal note, and Pete, you were there as well. After Christmas, we played in a in Marx's event at, at the how did, Corowa Golf Club. Yeah, the Cor- Marcus Fraser now, Ambrose. Yeah, I get I cop endless grief from my mates that I was a guest speaker. Can you confirm that I was a guest speaker? You were and a guest speaker, did you? Yeah. John Longmore was another guest. And John Longmore was another guest speaker. Yeah, you're both on the I, same I, level. I, I tried to talk to John about <laughs> they, the getting, crowd loved you. Getting a few more one on ones for Bud, but so far doesn't really listen. So Sydney aren't going too good, are they? Awful, awful. So we talked about when your punting started, when and how you're using that. But it, was a, it was a more of a progression because I use a um, I use a kind of a formula with my punting that um, until I know I'm winning, I use a percentage of my bank, um, and then as my bank's increasing, my bet amounts increase. So it's a long-term strategy that I use. I that, do think that Fraser's we'll probably have him on again, and in time, the way he handles his betting bank is is highly intelligent and a very important sort of. Well, yeah, discipline to, to, to growing your bank that I, I don't use, but I do see a lot of merit in it. Yeah, um, discipline's a real key on the punt. We all know that you can have bad trots, and you don't. You, but the last thing you want to do is you you never want to blow your bank in in a couple of meets or one or even a bad month. You never you want to if you have a bad month, you never want to blow your whole bank. So you want to be able to keep going. And I think you know using a trading strategy with using a percentage of your bank helps it. Do you want to touch on your horse racing stuff? or just like um, No, well, we're here to talk about the Masters. Yeah. I mean, the, um, I haven't got any – I usually get speed maps and prices for city meets, but um, 
uh, I go, I get them off his wife's in hospital, so I don't get any today, so I couldn't help you there anyway. Well, you're still going to get the grass, aren't you? From I'm going to get yard, yard stuff. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And so <laughs> with, with the golf stuff, it's mainly trading, sort of taking positions and getting out at certain yeah, points. Yeah, like there's sports, a, it all done through Betfair? Like usually the majors each year, there's really high liquidity in the pools. So like I expect this year to be the same as any other year where they might have $70 million traded for the tournament this week in the Masters. Um, but there's some really good trading, basic trading strategies that anyone can do. Um, I like to pick sort of tough stretches on, on a golf course. So if you're like aiming corners, a good one at the Masters because uh, they're playing the 10th hole, which is difficult, the 11th hole, which is difficult, and then you've got to come in over Ray's Creek on the 12th, which is a par three that you can rack up a big score on. So I generally like to look at players that you can lay on the 10th tee that are, you know, the market's quite compressed on both sides, are back in the lay side. And I like to um, to lay the player on the 10th tee and then re-back them after they've finished the 12th hole because I know that if, I'm, if I do that strategy to the whole field or most of the field, then you're going you're gonna to finish well in front because of the, um, the, the those holes just average so far over par. And if someone's... Um Interested in what Fraser's talking about now? There is written content on the Betfair Hub. That's so correct. Yep. How do they find that, Pete? Yep. So if you just go to um, main Betfair site, there should be a link in the um, the subject line uh, for the hub, um, which will take you straight there. There's a lot of really good informative articles on on trading and um, and golf strategies. So yeah. as, as a golf pro punter, is it the focus is just sort of staying fresh and focusing on the bigger tournaments where there's bigger liquidity? Yeah, well, I do trade like European Tour and PGA Tour, but the problem is is that the liquidity in the pool um, and the, the percentage of the book is running on the back and the lay side. There's quite a big differential. So um, you've got to you, you've got to be really know what you're doing there. And, uh, but the majors is really appealing to me because there's so much liquidity in the market that the market's really compressed on the yep. back and the lay side, even in play. Um, and... Things like par fives are just are just a great trade generally if there's no trouble around the par fives. Like the second hole at Augusta is a downhill par five where 13 and 15 come in over water, so they get a little bit more tricky to trade because guys can hit it in the soup. Um, but the, the second the soup, hole... The soup for the younger... The soup, the soup means the water, so um, they can quickly rack up a penalty. But the holes like the second um, is downhill. It's a par five. There's no trouble around the green. And a lot of players tend to birdie that if they're in a good position off the fairway. Um, so if you're seeing a player that's hit it down uh, the right-hand side of the fairway, down two, and he's on the fairway and he's in reachable, um, he's, he can reach the green, then it's a good idea to maybe place a back bet um, and then place a lay bet. So you, you've got plenty of time to ring that fair and place the back bet over the phone. And then once they finish the hole, you can get the lay bet. Yeah, or, or if you want to, you could just get a VPN and say you're in the <laughs> With a third-party application. Which, which, yeah. uh, each their own, play it and take full responsibility for what you do. Um, clearly, Fraser doesn't do that. but I've, No, I, no. We don't I've played with it over the journey. Now, the Masters, Augusta National, 11 million prize pool. When is it? I think one of the most important things for younger punters who are like interested in the Masters like myself, when does it actually even start? When should I start to sit down and go, I'm going to spend the next five hours betting on the golf? Uh, straight after your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but look, is it Thursday? No, well, you can place some really good pre-tournament bets. Um, I generally don't like to place any outright betting odds if I'm backing because um, it's so different to 
like horse racing or any any other sport. I think sport. the word you're looking for, the variance on on backing a guy to win is, is enormous, and you, over like two years you'll win. But mm-hmm. over, over six months you might get what, whereas the variance going top 20, top 5, top 10 is a lot smaller. Well, and yeah, it's a lot safer. Yeah. Well, it's a lot safer. Well, I'll give you an example. Imagine a horse race with 150 runners in it. Yeah. Well, the Masters has got a smaller field. Um, it's less than 100. The smallest but, of all the, of all yeah, the majors. majors. Yeah, so very good. Research. Um, but <laughs> still, imagine that horse race, they're going around, and you've got 90-odd, 95 runners running. So it's incredibly difficult to pick a winner out of that, generally. Like, if you've got 95 runners, what what you can do is that you can look for things in the market where you might be able to lay something. It's a lot easier to back something to lose with that many runners. So, for example, like this week, I just – Jordan Spieth, I cannot work out how he is $22 and eighth favourite for the tournament. I mean, the guy can't even make a cut. You know, he's struggling to make cuts at the moment. He's, he's best finish in the last six events, I think, has been like 35th or 40th. You compare him to someone like Rory, Rory's absolutely flying. He's barely finishing outside the top 10. Yet they've got Jordan at eighth position in the market and at $22. I mean, I've priced him at 110 Yep. So I'm, then I look at things, okay, well, what can I do with Jordan to try and make money out of that? Well, I want to lay Jordan for top five because you know he's going to have to he's going to have to play awesome to get himself in contention, which he's his form showing the he's not even going to get close to that. Even though I think the market's overreacted because of his recent form at the event. And therein lies your edge. You're you're, you're much more focused on what they've done and recently done as opposed to their, yeah. their name. Yeah, I put a lot of weight on current form, um, and I put a lot of weight on like also their history as a player the last year so when you have a look at those two factors with speed he's been out of form the last year he's been out of current form and the only thing he's got in his favor is, is he's had some success at the, the tournament but to me that to me that doesn't carry enough weight so um to justify him being 22 dollars. so when does the actual tournament start well, it starts Thursday over there, which is Friday morning, early our time. So 4 a.m.? Yeah, it'll come on. No, probably earlier. It'll probably come on about 2. 2 a.m. Friday morning? Yeah, and it'll run through until 8, 9 in the morning. Yep. Usually about 9. Um, what yeah. sort of lag are we talking on Foxtel in Australia? What, 30 Six, seconds? Uh, 60 seconds? No, no, no. It's a bit longer. It's, I, I think it's about 5 seconds. But as the tournament draws to so a close. So 5 second lag, that's it? Uh, yeah, so if you're watching the TV and you're watching the telecast, what happens over there, you'll see on TV five seconds after. Yep. Yeah. Then there'd also be occasions where two blokes will be putting at the same time and you've yep. got to take yeah. a, a further delay. You can always... Um, I remember last year... We, I'm, we I'm, pretty sure there, I'm pretty sure there's no cross-matching in golf, is there? Because, no. There's not, <laughs> um, because what you can see is you can always see someone standing over a putt, but you can see what's happened because of the market, how it's reacting. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Um Aussies this year. Oh. oh well, Jason Day said he's got a sort back, so you know. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm not favouring any of the Aussies this year. I, I think they're going to struggle this year more so. Um, I, I did have Jason Day as an over. I thought he was value, but the problem is he's a little bit of a sook, to be honest. He's always got something wrong. Yeah. Um, so I just can't have Jason Day. Um, I can't be betting on him because he's he's come out and said that you know he's. He's hurt his back or something, so um, I'm going to be steering clear of Jason. Uh, Le- Leishman always seems to deliver at Augusta. Scotty, yeah. Scotty's won it. I've got – Leishman's kind of the right price. I've got him at 95 and he, the market's got him at 65, so um, 
I, I can't be backing Leishman. And Scott's the same. I've got Scott at 90 and the market's got him at 55. So I'll be kind of steering clear of the Aussies. I mean, I'm really keen to lay Jordan for top five, Jordan Spieth, and I'm keen to lay Jordan for top 10 even. Um, and then I think Tiger will beat him in a head-to-head match over the whole tournament. Okay. What makes Augusta a little bit different from the other majors and what sort of golfer does it suit? You know, oh. So is that sort of the Rory? And why? What, what's, what about Rory's game would make him... Well, the Masters and Augusta, it's, the, it's like the pinnacle of golf. You know, it's it's held at the same venue every year. Um, they treat you like royalty, from what I've heard. I've never actually been there. It's on my bucket list to go. But, you know, it's just, it's an awesome viewing spectacle from the TV even. You just, you have a look at this course and it just blows your mind with all the azaleas and the crowd and the way that the commentary's done. And uh, it's just, it's just awesome. So... Uh, Rory, uh, what was your question about Rory? Does it does it, is there something about the actual shape of the course, like thinner fairways, faster greens, something like that that suits a certain type of golfer? Oh, massively! Like if you have a look at the last ten years, left-handers have won. Like Bubba Watson won twice, Phil won once. It it's a lot easier to fade the ball as a left-hander than it is to draw the ball as a right-hander. Yeah. Um, so you have got to have a look at guys that. Um, easily move the ball from right to left as a right-hander. So Rory's a natural drawer of the ball. Someone like Alex Noren, he struggles at Augusta. He hits a ball big left to right. Um, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be looking at someone. Being no good. <laughs> what, which way does Scoot hit it? Oh, he doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't know. <laughs> he actually be all right because he follows up with a big, like, strong dominant right hand, like a bit of a Nadal. Like. But so um, between tennis and golf, his, his drive? Generally, you've got to hit the. See, DJ, believe it or not, is he's getting better around Augusta recently, but his overall form, if you have a look at more long term form of DJ, it's not that great. And DJ does kind of like to play a little bit of fade. I mean, we saw that when he won the US Open. Um, but generally players that hit it right to left, that's the guys you want to be looking at off the tee. They get themselves into good positions with good legs. So Rory, he's had his opportunity to win there before, but he shot a horrendous round in the last round. I um, can't quite remember what year it was. But, um, yeah, he's he deserves to be favourite. I mean, I've got him $9 and he's $8.40, so... He's not an over, but he's not someone that you want to be um, betting against, that's for sure. Yeah, I, think, right. I think it's just drifting out to about the right price as well. Um, he's currently what are the nine, current prices? $9 yeah, now. Nine, yeah, okay. $9 on bet there at the moment. Do you want to go through the top? And spot? that gives you an idea of how big the pools are. What can you get on for there? Uh, 68000 Yeah, exactly right. And we've, yeah. we've already had about $8 million matched. And, 8 million and as you mentioned, yeah. we'll get yeah. close to twenty yeah. um, by the time the uh, the tournament kicks off. So. Do you want to kick through some prices? Yeah, sure. So, um, so Do you want me to run through what the yeah. market is and what I've got mine? So they gives the punters out there a fair idea. I reckon they can head to, they can head to the hub if you want. Oh, yeah, you can see my prices on the top for the top 25 players in the field. But just for the, the caveat, that we're a little bit concerned about Jason Day with the update that his back saw. Yeah, well, there the rumours floating around, so... Um Top top ten prices. Sure. So next in the market we have uh, Dusty at uh, thirteen dollars, Justin Rose fifteen fifty, Tiger Woods at twenty, John Rahm same price, Justin Thomas twenty two, Ricky Fowler twenty one, Jordan Spieth twenty eight, Molinari thirty two. We've got Kupka at thirty two, Paul Casey thirty two, and Jason Day thirty six. So that's that's about the top dozen or so that we've got in the market. Is, is Mike Weir still playing? Uh, no. He won in two thousand and three. 
he's not related to Darren. Is he? Well, Mike Weir, he's, he's allowed he's allowed to play under a winner's exemption. He gets a lifetime ticket. Um, so he's allowed to play until he wants to stop playing because they're the exemption criteria. Jiggers would be no help to you in golf, though, would they? If he's related to Darren Weir, he might be allowed to play. He's <laughs> got the full year. <laughs> so you can get top odds on Weir, by the way. Thousands. So you can. <laughs> but if it hemorrhages late, <laughs> I, I really watch it. <laughs> watch betting. Now, Tiger hasn't won since 05, which coincidentally is when Leo Barry took the mark of the century in the AFL. This is the greatest thing about golf. Well, the people love like, talking about Tiger, don't they? Like, Leo Barry's probably cast, struggling to get out of bed, he's sore. Tigers are still going, he's playing golf, earning shitloads. You can play golf till well into your past your prime. We keep hearing about this second. Can he win? Well, see, the thing is with Tiger, he he hasn't played heaps like this year. And I I usually like to see the player playing a lot coming into the Masters or a reasonable amount. What about when they're a veteran, though? And showing good form. Timing their run. He is a bit of a veteran. Tapering. All right, okay, to give you an idea, I've got it here. So Tiger's gone, Hero World Challenge last year, okay, in December, he finished 17th. The Farmers Insurance this year, early the year, tied 20th, then tied 15th, tied 10th, tied 30th. So he's only had really one top 10. To me, that doesn't indicate enough current form when you compare him against someone like Rory. The punters out there want to to sort of be looking up Rory and having a look at this. So Rory McIlroy, for example, in his recent form, has gone at the Players' Championship, he won. Then he, before that, at the Arnold Palmer, he tied sixth. World Golf Championships in Mexico, second. Genesis Open, fourth. Farmers Insurance, fifth. And the Tournament of Champions, he finished fourth. So Rory has not finished. Well, he's, not, he's, he's barely finished outside the top five in all his starts. I mean, if you're talking about golf form, he's like a winx at the moment. Yeah, he's just he's he's flying. So he's someone that you just you just can't bet against. And Tiger's always going to be under the odds because well, he's Tiger. Ty, see, the thing is with Tiger is that what I just said with his form. I don't believe that he's in strong enough current form to be winning. But then again, he knows how to play Augusta. He's won there multiple times. Four. Yeah, very good. Where are you getting all your stats from? I did a bit of research for you last first time oh, ever done research <laughs> for a podcast. Um, he, so yeah, he. he I mean, he to, won the tour. He won, he, he won the tour championship. When he did win the four, four championships, he had a, he had a stable of porn stars who he was frequently <laughs> like hanging out with. No, like he was getting a load off. Like, no, <laughs> no. He was he was escaping the, the the pressure and stress of golf and and delivering constant results. Yeah, well, Tiger kind of thought. I Lifestyle think he. Change. I think he thought he was invincible. Well, he was. And he, and he clearly was. <laughs> Until he got Whoever caught. Whoever says money can't buy happiness. <laughs> Yeah, well, anyway, yeah, for some it does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's about the end of our podcast, eh? <laughs> okay, look, that, that will probably round us up. So we're saying Tigers, Unders, we want to focus out. If you, oh, Ruffy, you like, I'll give you a couple of Ruffy bets, and you, you can look that up on the app. Just clarify, too, that your victim bets. Right? I'm going to put a little caveat on the end for some. Well, I think I think Tommy Fleetwood doesn't win enough for my liking, um, but Tommy Fleetwood isn't over based on his form. Current uh, price? Uh, current price, 32. And I've got him 17. Uh, Justin Thomas, his current odds should be about 25 there, Pete. What's the latest update? Uh, Thomas, we've got 22. 22. And I've got uh, I've got Thomas at 15. Yep. Um, DJ seems to be about the right price. I think DJ comes in around sort of 13. 
I've got him right. at so 11. He's the second ranked yeah. um, player. Guys that I want to be sort of potting or not not keen to be backing. Um, obviously, Jordan Spieth talked about him. Brooks Kepka. Um, who else? Phil Mickelson. Filthy Phil. Filthy Phil at the moment. Um, who else here? Molinari, believe it or not. Um, he kinda, he's so I guess the thing thing in common with these guys are the previous winners of, of, of Grand Slams, aren't they? Molinari, um, you know, and perhaps that's why they're sort of under the under the odds at the moment. People yeah. are sort of just looking back to those Grand Slams as, as opposed to recent form. Yeah, and also you want to see when you're betting on the Masters, you you generally want to see guys that play the course well. Um, you, you want the combination of the three. You want them to be obviously a good player, which they are. They're getting in the field. So you want them to have a good low stroke average the last 12 months. Um, you want them to be in good current form. Um, but the thing is with Molinari, if you have a look at his last three years at Augusta, he averages 72.38, which is just a terrible stroke average. So he's struggling to, to play the course well. He Look, he could turn it around this year. Who knows? I mean, he won the British Open last year. He's a good player. But I just... I'm, I can't I can't be backing him knowing that he, he struggles at Augusta where you get someone like you know if it comes to Sunday and, and Rory's in contention and he's a reasonable price to back I mean I'd be inclined to put money on Rory going into the last round because he likes the track you know and he and he's in good form he's in great form and guys are going to be wary of him guys will probably you used to see it with Tiger when Tiger's name appeared on the leaderboard years oh, ago the, they all used to fall away like flies DeMarco Mm. And yeah, he had four shots on him heading into Sunday. They played 27 holes on Sunday, but he had mm. four shots on him. After nine holes, he was three up. He turned at seven around. Yeah. Like, and Rory kind of has that aura about him that when he's going well, guys, you know, are a little bit sort of sceptical of him, you know. Oh, Rory's up there, you know. So, All right. I, well, I think he deserves that. to be favourite, Rory. Anything else you want to talk about? Any other bets you want to suggest? No, that's that's uh, that's pretty much it. My um, advice I think Tony Finau's an over too. Tony Finau, that's a guy who rolled his ankle after he slotted a hole in one. I think Tony's about $50 in the market, and uh, I've got him at 26 He played really well last year after rolling his ankle on the practice yeah. Yep. So these are more like top 10, top 20s, top 5s. You can sort of pick and choose. But if you're have... young and listening, my one bit of advice is go to the hub and follow the advice. If he says to back it to the, for the top 20 or back a bloke for the top 10, don't back him for the outright win like I've done like last sort of year or two. <laughs> Just listen to the advice and follow the advice. Yeah. Don't be a victim. You can always back him. Yeah, it's amazing the value you can get on day three and day four. There's if you want to put back bets on for outright betting, you can still do it on those days. It's a lot harder at the start of the tournament when there's so many runners that are, you know. And if you want to get in touch with Fraze, how do they find you on Twitter? Uh, my username is just Fraser Pro Golf. So you'll be at Fraser Pro Golf. Um, you'll be retweeting this uh, podcast, no doubt. So they'll be able to listen to that. Oh, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. No worries. Thanks, boys. Jonesy, appreciate yeah. it. Thank Thanks, you, guys. guys. I hope you enjoyed that. I did. I'm sure everyone did. Um, feedback always welcomed. Uh, Thank you, and uh, I'd like to say it's a tremendous opportunity for me. So long, fried rice. Hello, fried chicken. I love you guys. Uh, I always wanted to say this for shizzle.